0: We are back again with another episode. It is, we're kind of wrapping up February and with February comes National Cat Health Month. So we're super excited to bring on a guest today.
1: Who else could we possibly bring on for a cat? Just <laughs> One of our most favorite cat rescues
0: ever in the whole wide world (laughs) yay (laughs) so we're we're super excited to be joined with no one other than miss marilyn thompson with saving graces for felines thank you (laughs) (laughs) but before we jump into this episode any further should we do it we should going to be present for this. I'm so excited for you to experience this for the first time. Uh, Since you've not heard any of our episodes, you don't know it's coming, but I'm Amanda
1: and I'm Dr. Olson and we are Feces, Feces and, laughter. and
0: Laughter. Love it. That's for you. <laughs> That's, That's really good. good.
1: <laughs> Tay told us we needed to have something pre-recorded, but we haven't done it. This is actually, Because um, we had gone halfway through an episode and did it midway through because we forgot to do it in the beginning.
0: Yeah. That's cool. He gives us pointers, <laughs> but we don't always follow them. Um, anywho, we are, we're super excited to have you finally get you on an episode. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'd say it's been a long time coming, but we're, we're only two months into this, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I guess let's jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about Saving Graces.
2: Okay, so Saving Graces for Felines, and the name has a meaning. So four old ladies, we were sitting around a, a table, we were actually at the old Helen's Grooming Center.
0: Oh, where, I remember Helen's. Right, and
2: that's where we had our cats initially, and we said, okay, we need a name, and there were four of us at the time, so I had just read a book about Saving Grace, it was about a dog But I said, okay, we'll be Saving Grace's, there's four of us, and cats didn't sound right. So I said, Saving Graces for Felines. And that's how it happened. That's perfect. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a lot of thought. We were just sitting there and threw it (laughs) together. And that's how it became Saving Graces for Felines.
1: That's crazy. I never knew that. I know. And you Mm guys already had cats, you said, there? Or this was like the start of it? Well,
2: we had, so we incorporated in 2002. But we were already starting in 2001. Not as an official group we had all been at another group and you know it's kind of like volunteers when you're in an organization you think you can do it better you know that's just how it goes and so we had become somewhat disenchanted with some of the things we were seeing so we decided well we would start rescuing because we were truly about spay neuter return not so much about adoption and that's how we got started and then we decided okay this is expanding and then one day someone said to me start your own group and I said we can't do that (laughs) and 22 years later (laughs) here we are we started the group and it evolved more than what we had hoped or really wanted it to and then we were in so far that there was no getting out so that's the beginning of Saving Graces and how we just, over time, added on more and more things. Um, and we can talk about the Spay-Neuter Clinic and how all of that came to be. But we started at Helen's in a little building with no running water. We had to take everything there ourselves. And there wooden cages. And, you know, it wasn't the greatest, but yeah. it allowed us to, to get up. started.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's wild. I never knew that. And, I mean, we've been we've been working with you pretty closely for 10, 11 years now, like us particularly. Yeah. Um, I think really closely for the last like 9 or 10 years since we've been here at Animal Care of Greenville. And I, I never knew that. That's so interesting.
2: Right. And our beginning was animal care related because we went to Dr. McMillan mm-hmm. and yeah. we asked him, you know, we wanted to do spay neuters and... You know, do the clinics, and he was very open to us doing that. Offered up his clinic over at 33, would come down, unlock the door. We would bring in different veterinarians from different clinics and do those spay neuter clinics where we would That's bring so in. That's so cool, like
1: a true yes. comi- right. like community event. Right.
2: Yes. Exactly, 35, 50 trap neuter return cats, and he was the one that allowed us that opportunity, and then another clinic opened up, let us do them there, and so we were doing that almost every other Saturday. That's amazing. Yeah, That's wild. yeah, it was a lot. <clears throat> you learn a lot through those clinics.
0: Yeah, you do. And I mean, yeah. we've in in the years that we've been working with you, we've done not every other Saturday, but we've <laughs> done. I know there were a couple of years back to back where we did two or three throughout the year and it is it's wild some of the things that Mm -hmm. you see and especially when you've got people trapping the feral colonies
1: and bringing them in they just yeah Yeah, it's it's a lot of work on planning it it's a lot of work doing it coordinating getting all the bodies in place yeah yeah
2: yeah. right the pickup and (laughs) you know and as you all know what happens in the clinics as you're doing them yeah pregnant moms and mm-hmm. the kittens and you know
0: cats with abscesses or injuries that you would not exactly. have
1: seen until you actually got them sedated yeah. and under anesthesia and now worrying about how to get that animal healthy when you don't have access to it you can't give oral medications like these animals are truly feral so it is it's challenging but so impactful
2: and we tested every cat
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, and you know i learned over the course of those spay neuter clinics There was a veterinarian in our early days that when we would test a a cat and it would be feline leukemia positive, and often FIV, you know, those decisions where you had to decide at that moment, Mm -hmm. do you euthanize that cat or let it go? And letting it go was not really a good option Mm -hmm. because you cannot be there at the end of life care and what happens yeah, to those cats right. so those were tough things to learn you know yeah. you don't go into it wanting to have to euthanize them. Yeah, because you an go animal. into it
1: loving an animal and think of them as individuals right, and yeah. caring for them like we would our normal pets and then when you get out into community populations of cats you're doing more herd health right. so you're looking at it more as big picture this animal has a disease that will spread to other animals like what do we do now? Like, where our hands are kind of tied in the safety of all these other animals, and that is tears at heartstrings for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
2: That part of it with it spreading, but the other part is the animal itself as, Sorry, if, as it's dying behind. and yep. being picked apart by hawks. And, yeah. And that really yeah. resonated with me. So, after that, it was never easy, but I could come to a better conclusion on what was right. Yeah. Yeah. Versus putting a cat back.
1: Yeah.
0: That would suffer. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the big reasons we wanted to sit down with you for this episode um, is because we, being that we work so closely with you and work so closely with Saving Graces for Felines, we truly get to see all of the good that you do for these feral cats and even all of your foster cats that come through your organization. And being National Cat Health Month, we thought that it would be just really nice to sit down and chat with you because you guys take
1: exceptional.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the care that you put into your foster cats and even the thought behind all of these ferals and, and how you sometimes have to make really hard decisions for the greater good of like she said, this the the like the herd health and and the community cats out there, and so I guess maybe tell us a little bit about how how did you guys expand into that? Like how did you get to the point where you were hmm. doing <laughs> that exceptional care?
2: Well, early days we learned, and it was through the person who does the inspections. I can't think of what that is, but
1: oh, the board? Like
2: well the. In- um, like if you have a, a cattery and they come in and inspect, I can't remember his name, but he said to us early on, do not get in more than what you can manage. Mm-hmm. You know, physically, financially, you know, keep it controlled. Yeah. And so with that, we, we started out with vaccines, you know, testing, spay, neuter, but then we realized that there was so much more to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with a lot of good veterinarians that worked with us, and of course, I'm sitting here with a veterinarian, so <laughs> I, I say this, but to me, dental health mm-hmm. is probably the gateway to cats' health to me. And so we made that kind of a, a forefront of what we were going to do. We were going to make sure that if a cat came into us, and older cats, you know, but that's a year and older, you know, kittens typically you don't have to worry about dentals, but that we were going to make sure that we did dentals and made sure that their health was one that when we give them to someone in an adoption, that they're not strapped with a lot of expenses. And so that's part of why we did the dental part. And
1: yeah. then all the years of working in this industry, I had never experienced that level of care from a rescue before. Mm-hmm. Like in all honesty, I, I, I feel like we kind of leave that to an owner. Like people will share it like, Hey, we have this dog that needs adoption, but just, so you know, this is an older dog and you will need to work with your veterinarian teeth, but then you never know what happens. Mm-hmm. And I just appreciate so much knowing that like, You do this even for ferals or like calling cats. I mean, this is wild. Like we are cleaning teeth. We're extracting anything that needs care um, is done beforehand. We're doing pre-surgical blood work and not going to put this animal back outside or give it to an owner without knowing what that health is kind of set up for in the future so that you don't, like you say, overwhelming somebody that wants to do a good deed. You want people to want to adopt. And for them to adopt an animal and have to go drop $1,000 because this animal has terrible teeth will kind of push them away. Those are the people that you might push to going to a breeder next time or something, which isn't, we're not saying that's wrong, but if they were an adoptable type of family, like that would be an amazing thing to be able to, I'm sure you have people that adopt from you cat after cat. We do. Repeat. Especially if it's already a good fit. Like
0: if this cat fits their family if the if we already know that they mesh if that's
1: a barrier for them I just think it's Mm -hmm. it's really cool that you guys take those steps and and doing like dental x-rays like we know now if there's disease under the gum line that might be a problem later so that you can set that family up for success like this pet is going to need annual dentals and this is what they might find and this is the expense that might go with it and they go into that open-minded and knowing
0: well, I guess on the veterinary side of things. So, I mean, like we get to see—I think we see even more of it with ferals because they come to us at all different stages of life. Yeah, they're out there with less veterinary care than our pets are um, afforded. But you know, we—it's—it alongside being National Cat Health Month, it's also Dental mm-hmm. Dental Month in in the vet world. And so, I think, Dr. Olson, how I guess what are some of those things that contribute to health concerns with cats when it comes to
1: like their mouths and things. I know that that's a big part of it. It is. And we see a lot of cats with pretty significant disease that impacts them throughout their life. So things like stomatitis, especially our FIV positive Mm -hmm. cats. So you get these cats adopted. The owners are completely aware of that disease process, but that this might also be something that goes along with it, needing routine health care, needing maybe full mouth extractions. And then just like the amount of bacteria that can be in their mouths if we're leaving tartar and diseased teeth like that can go to heart liver like that's now in their bloodstream we've even had pets that have had really bad teeth that have gotten eye infections and like severe we just had a a dog that had a draining tract from a diseased teeth or tooth release but um that went up near its temple. So we were sampling it as if it was a tumor. It didn't yeah. even look to be related at all. When we see root abscesses, it's usually like under the eye or closer to the mouth. But yeah, this, this one, one was like yeah, up at the, the top, top of his, his head. head. That's um, nice. it was wild. And that's just bacteria will go where it's easy to track. And so first it goes around that root, but then it is in the bloodstream and it is moving, and then it tries to find an out. And so that can be a really scary thing to know that. This this disease process just that just its mouth people think like oh they just have smelly breath can actually cause them to be overall very unhealthy
0: yeah yeah and cats are really it i feel like they're most of them can be pretty sedentary at home and so you might not notice if they're they don't make it to their food well especially if they're free feeders like if they've got oral pain and
1: they're so stoic like cats are just tough like they are very (laughs) tough and so they will just swallow their food so you might not notice a difference in weight um Mm -hmm. you may not notice them pawing at their face or doing anything whereas as people i think we would be crying in a dentist's office like immediately (laughs) like um but they are really tough and they get i think used to that like that kind of how they've lived, especially these animals that were picking up. They've they've been trapped and they've never probably they don't, they can't even probably remember a time when their mouth didn't have some discomfort. And so for us to be able to take that pain away and remove some of the teeth people are like oh my gosh you can remove teeth they're not going to be able to eat you're like they're going to chow down what what would you say Marilyn some of these cats within how long are they back to eating like crazy
2: well um you tell us don't give them hard food for two weeks and the next day they're eating hard well oh, thanks so now we also
1: know that she does not do what
2: we say well you try yeah. but sometimes in a sheltered environment or where you have Mm -hmm. multi-cats you're you're not going to be able to do that you yeah you have good intentions but (laughs) but
1: they are tough but you put
0: that soft food down and then the other cat gets to it and then they have no no choice but to go eat the hard
1: food and yeah. yeah we've had some wild stories i mean i've had people that brought cats in for euthanasias and we've looked at their mouth and like otherwise their body looks great blood work everything looks fantastic they're teeth hurt so bad that when I do the exam and touch on the cheek to lift the mouth, they are like vocalizing in pain. And so we did, this is probably now a year or so ago, but we did a dental cleaning on one. It was like a 16, 17 year old cat, um, extracted some really painful teeth. And within a week, the owner called us crying. Like they felt like it was wild that they, they were going to euthanize their cat. And now their cat is acting like a kitten again and it was all oral pain that they just didn't know and they thought oh my gosh my pet's too old to go under anesthesia i'm gonna kill it if it goes under and they had such a something built up and this cat is now still you know thriving yeah thriving after that yeah and i think it's
0: wild and you i don't know how many i i've i didn't even know that's what stomatitis was until i started working in a vet office and you probably see quite a few of these with the cats that that you've dealt with in your span of rescue, but I think stomatitis cats it, can sometimes scare the owners because we start talking about full
1: mouth extraction they're just like, yeah, what's my cat going to do? They're not going to have any teeth. They we can't, can't eat. They can't do that. <laughs> they can't eat. I'm like, No, that's not they, true. Yeah, no. And they, they typically will do fantastic after getting that Pain resolved, and then there's like resorptive lesions in cats. So there's not just stomatitis, and uh, there's other things, and they get the same disease process that dogs do in terms of just having tartar going up the roots and, and making diseased teeth. So they really need. I, I think it's fabulous when people can do annual dentals just to know what's going on in a cat's mouth because they change so much. I agree. I'm dental. Yeah yeah. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, was yeah, I know say, your yeah. babies are every year and we at least can get in there and look at what's going on. And sometimes it's nice because we've taken a mouth that had significant disease and then doing it yearly. We're not seeing near the level of disease the following visits. Yeah, um,
0: I, I do think it's it's nice to see just you. We talk about I mean, dentals are a huge I, I think a huge point of health care for cats. But um I feel like all of the cats that come through with Saving Graces, they're not treated like rescues. They're not treated like fosters. They're treated like actual pets. Like, you're doing those full annuals on them. You're doing, like she said, pre-surgical blood work or even annual blood work, combo testing. Um, and then you guys,
1: like, buy stock in Revolution Plus and you're... Yeah, doing that preventative health. Like, not skipping out on that just because there's maybe not funds. Like, prioritizing <laughs> that so that the owners that you are adopting to understand the importance of of you doing that.
2: And we will not let a cat go out to adoption if we know something is going on. We'll say you need to wait or you might want to pick a different one. This one is experiencing, you know, diarrhea, you know, having some issues that we can't have not been able to resolve, but we're not going to send one out knowingly that has some sort of issue. We're going to try to get to the the root cause of it, get that cat healthy so that when they do go into their home, they are healthy, you know, they're biological, so anything can happen. But, you know, I think that gives adopters a really bad taste if they adopt an animal and, you know, the next week they're sitting in a vet office with a, you know, pretty extensive bill that they were not planning on. So. Yep. That's part of why we do what we do. Well, yeah. we do it for the cat, but we also do it so that they have a a good start in their adoption.
0: Yeah. I think I mean, you set you set owners up for success, but we you try. also show them the right way to care for your pet. Like mm-hmm. you show them all of the proper steps that should be taken to just make sure that they are they're doing what's best for their their cat at home.
2: And we talk to the people before we place a cat, and you know, I've said this many times, our cats are not for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, there are many rescues, and we tell people they need to have annual vet visits. They need to have annual dental cleaning. This is part of owning the pet, not just the fee to take the cat home, but it's an ongoing responsibility. and. I've had people say to me, oh, I don't take my cat to the vet, they're fine, they don't need to go. And so, you know, that tells us that, you know, this might not be a good fit. Yep. And so, you know, there people have different beliefs in what's right, you know, indoor-outdoor. Um, we are very much against outdoor cats. For many reasons, they don't look both ways when they cross the street.
3: <laughs>
1: you know? Uh, yeah. Well, you see the other side of it, and I think that's what people forget. They think, oh, because their one cat was fine not going to the vet. Their one cat was fine right. going onto the porch. But we recently had a old cat, like maybe... 15, 16 years old. And the owners would allow it to sit on the back porch with them. And they would every evening it would go out there. And one day they were sitting out there like normal and a coyote came from oh the wood line, grabbed their cat, dragged it into the woods, all they could hear was screaming, and then they see their cat go down into the sewers. And they were distraught like they're like and and this is like a chubby like it's this is not a cat that would go in the woods and explore or know what to do outside like this is a very cared for maybe even overfed cat that is just normally sitting at home and they just felt so comfortable with that and so they thought that's it like they'll never see their cat again like three days later it comes out from the sewer with its jaw just mangled it oh was broken God. in multiple places now it's severely infected um and so they bring it in we have to wire the jaw we have to place a feeding tube we are it, running iv yep. antibiotics and yep. all the things it was stayed it, and, hospitalized with us Yeah, and then it took a while Heal. heel it's an older cat it has multiple bones they couldn't afford to go to like referral and have any like sort of fixator put on so we did the best we could here and so it did take probably six weeks before we felt completely comfortable that this was going well and but now they're like okay we learned our lesson we but they had to learn it by that you know and it's it, it a tough one it yeah. is and people yeah. don't realize how dangerous it could be for like you know they're like it's in my backyard and like you said hawks don't yes. care that that's your no. backyard and yes. And so it, it can be devastating for you on the other side of it, hearing all the stories. You don't have to live through it because you've right. heard it. Um, yeah. And sometimes people don't understand why that would be such a passion of yours to make sure that these pets are seeking indoor homes. Yeah. Right. It,
2: I hear it all the time. Oh, but cats, they want to go outside. And I say, yes, but children want to play in the road but we as their caregivers know not to let them. Yeah. And it's the same thing. They don't know the dangers.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of really cool, like, things that are in existence now that if if you really want your cat to... Have some outdoor time like you can put your cat on a harness and a leash and just go outside and hang out with them or they have like, like catios. catios yeah yes, like they
1: have fun little things, things that you can make it and they safe have things for, for indoors too. to help them be more active like those big wheels like uh-huh. i never thought a cat would do that <laughs> until i saw my uncle got one for his cat and once they learned it, like they will go up to that and just be so much more active than yeah. where they normally one just kind of sit. Foster mom's got one of those. Really? Yeah. Did the cats use it? Yes. Yeah, I've, that's I've, so cool. I've seen a few clips. But... I feel
0: like we need that in our cat room now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can barely get them into the things <laughs> on the wall. They're so scary. <laughs> You'll have to be in there showing them. Yeah, You'll yeah. be on the i will get on the wheel <laughs> and <Yeah>. yeah. show
0: <laughs> I like it. Um I think we could talk about like actually what you guys do on the spectrum of cat health all day because I, I truly admire your rescue. But um, I think on the opposite side of things, you you said you guys didn't start as a rescue. Like that is a nah. <laughs> how do you how about how far into it did you guys actually kind of switch over into the rescue aspect?
2: Well, I, I want to say within a year it was okay. a very short-lived <laughs> return. But you know, what happened, we'd go out there and we'd trap the mom and the kittens. And then we're like, okay, these are not feral kittens. I don't want to put them back. And so we went to PetSmart and went through that whole setup and we were actually going and just setting up our cages in the aisles because we were not a a partner yet for Mm -hmm. the love of pet. And then we finally got in that, and the Humane Society had it every week. So if they didn't go, then we would be allowed to go in there. And then finally, we ended up being the primary PetSmart cat rescue. And so for many years, we did that every day, Wow! not just weekends, every day. And early on, we did 550-plus adoptions per year wow had anywhere between 130 to 150 cats and kittens in foster homes yeah that's That's a lot to manage so I, I think that was four or five years like that and then we reduced a little bit just because finding foster homes and managing that amount of animals
0: and animals yeah it was hard
2: um So again, just continuing with the trap-neuter return, the adoptions, and then we realized, okay, we're not gonna adopt our way out of this mess. And an opportunity was presented to me to assist with a spay-neuter clinic. So working with Betty Williams and the county, we went to Raleigh, we rented the building that now sits over there, the um, Spay Today <laughs> Clinic, and we set that up. It took us two years. Wow! We started in 2005, and we opened the doors in 2007.
0: That's, so That's awesome! So you yeah. actually helped kind of establish our local spay neuter clinic, Spay Today. We did.
2: Um, Betty Williams and Saving Graces
0: That's we went together, amazing.
2: and we had our cats there for adoption mm-hmm. for about a year. And it just didn't work for us. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up giving the whole clinic to Spay Today, mm-hmm. and so they could expand. And I don't know the numbers, but I know today they continue to do spay neuter. yeah. It is
0: wild, right? It yeah, they so. are. A, they do a lot for the community. They, 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 they do. absolutely mm-hmm. do. And we we get to work hand in hand with them. Some days, if it, or I know I, we've had our doctors that have gone in. Um, volunteered their time over there if they've been. I think they they operate with one veterinarian yep. that handles all of their spays and neuters. So, God forbid they need to be out sick or have an emergency or something. We've had our doctors step in and and volunteer their time. Or if I know they do a little differently, if they have spays or neuters that are. Um, more in depth procedures, like if it turns into something that they weren't expecting, yeah. they or they will, have, need a little bit of a workup, they'll yep. sometimes send them out, they'll send them out to another uh, vet hospital to have them take over the procedure and the care of that cat. So, they are that's awesome that you helped sort of that. That's it's a huge part of our community now, yeah. So, that's really cool. Um, what are I since since you guys? transitioned over i know that you still do the tnr but that you've transitioned more into like adopting in and having those cats in that you're adopting out what are what are some of the more common reasons that you're seeing cats that are going up for maybe they're being relinquished or rehomed or whatever that looks like
2: there are so many reasons that you don't think about when you're sending that cat out you know people's lives change Mm -hmm. you know we have the very young people that get married oh and then there's a child and for whatever reason they can't have a cat and a child and so the cat comes back Um, we have people that have living situations that change and then they make decisions to move to places that don't allow pets. Um, Things that I don't think we feel are normal type reasons to give up a pet but this is what we see. There are situations where people lose their jobs and they have no choice and, and those are really unfortunate situations. Um, Sometimes people just did not, I don't think, understand the responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw during COVID an uptick in adoptions, which we were very glad, but kind of scared us. And then as COVID, you know, went away and people started getting out, Last year we saw, I think, the greatest return oh,
1: of cats. That's so upsetting.
2: Yes, and so we try very hard. If we adopt out a cat, that we try to take them back. It's not always possible. Right. Yeah. Um, we've had people have our cats for 15 years and say we need to return them. That's the that's so sad. Toughest.
1: For those, yeah, for those cats. Yeah. yeah,
2: the cats suffer. You know, I, people, and I've had people say, well, I just didn't ever bond to them. You know, seven, eight years later, and um, I said, well, unfortunately, they bonded to you. Yeah. And so they're going to suffer. And, well, do you think they'll be okay? And No, they will not.
1: You know, so, so traumatic for them to be in a home that long and then yeah. now bounce around probably a little bit before hope, hopefully finding and we have a had that home quickly,
2: Uh We had early days, a cat that grieved itself to death. Mm. And, and that was a really big learning curve for us. And so now, when we look at those situations, when we take back a cat, we look at our foster home system and say, okay, Who can best manage this? Because it is tough. We just got back to this week, and I've yet to see them. I hear them, but they're traumatized. Yeah. You know, it's a throwaway. Yeah. I,
0: I think that's a big part of working with animals that some people don't get to see, that like animals have mental health too like that is that's yes. a part of their care as well and I mean we talked with a previous guest on the show about dogs in shelters and how they just how how they function mentally being in that like rescue type program especially if they've been relinquished it's hard it's hard to watch pets.
2: Yeah, ferals do much better when you bring them in because they don't know that... Right. ...than a returned domestic cat. They, they just do much better. Yeah. 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 So, it is unfortunate, but it's also a good thing that if you're unable to care for the cat, that there's a place for the cats to go, and in this situation, their care was not going to be an ongoing good situation, yeah. so we were very glad to get them back. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it's better than the alternative: people being too scared to contact some sort of organization and doing something like putting these indoor cats outside or yeah, right. doing something. Because I feel like I have never lived somewhere which had quite the <laughs> dog and cat outdoor population. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm not. I guess maybe weather or whatever, but we didn't have so many stray animals. So it's scary to think that a lot of these animals had been in indoor lifestyles and then now are fending for themselves and learning the ways of being outside and fighting with other cats. And it just, it's scary to think of the alternative that these animals could live if they didn't get into, especially such a great rescue and find hopefully the best homes ever after that.
2: (laughs) You hope you you never know, you know, when you send one out, You know, there's always that in your head. Did I take them from a bad situation and put them in a better situation? Or did I take them from a bad situation and put them in a worse situation? You don't know. You
0: don't know. right? And you always want to hope that it's going to be best case scenario. You Mm -hmm. always want to assume good intention and I think being in this industry, (laughs) it's it's not for the faint of heart. No, (laughs) it's not. not. Um, But on the opposite side of things, I think doing this for a while, you've got to have some cool stories or some... I do. Okay. (laughs) We we love story time. We need some story time.
2: So I go, go back to when we first started with Dr. McMillan over at 33, and we were doing The Trap. You know, giving out traps and people would bring them in. And I I think it was $15 we would charge, you know, we would take $15 from the people. And my favorite story is a check that a man wrote us for, he had brought in three or four feral cats. And the check, we still have a picture and I still have the envelope where he mailed it to us Saving Graces for Sea Lions.
1: Because uh, he did
2: not know sea lions was a name <laughs> <I> for that. Yeah.
1: That's so cute. He's like, oh, they're raising money to help. <laughs> sea lions. <Yeah. laughs> I, I don't know what
2: he thought, but.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's cute. Yeah. Oh. One of
2: my favorite stories. Sea lions. Okay. Um, and then during those clinics, we would talk to people and on the phone. And how many do you have? and well, what do they look like well i have one tablet and two black <laughs> like one ta- tablet what oh tabby oh okay <laughs> so so you know y- you hear lots of different things that way but um so you know there has been some fun along the way yeah. um stories with cats that have been adopted. Um, years and years, 18-plus years ago, there was a, a lady here in Greenville who did breeding of the um, exotic short hairs. You all know. I've talked about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, the cat that was part of her cattery was the mother to the cat on the movie Cats and Dogs, the dark, flat-faced cat. Yeah. And so, from that, she had a lot of cats that came from that cattery and with that lineage of that famous cat. Well, when she came to us, she had a lot of sick cats. And the agreement was that we would help her get all the cats healthy if she allowed us to spay neuter Mm. and would allow her to keep one. And so, through that, we got Persians and all of these exotic cats and kittens. They needed homes. They needed to get out of there. And we had people fly from California. I met someone in Raleigh-Durham with one of them. Um, Chubba Charlie was his name. (laughs) Yeah, I remember it. And and these people that would come from different states, New Jersey, Virginia. One of my favorites was a lady who owned a flower shop in Morrington, Virginia. And she had inquired over the internet, you know, through our application. I talked to her on the phone, and I was very hesitant because she lived above the the flower shop. Mm -hmm. And um, he was going to be in the flower shop and that bothered me because of the doors, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel good about this. First
1: thing I think it was Lily's. I know, well, that was the well, first thing I well, thought about. Th- that <laughs>
2: good concern, but I, I just, you know, like, what if he ran out the door, yeah. I just don't know. So Pam, my sister, who's part of Saving Grace, has said, Marilyn, need to give it a chance. You know, this lady sounds great. Um, she called me in October. He passed away, he was 18. Aww. But he lived the greatest. Just up. this
1: past year? Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. How so, cool though to keep up, like yeah. that they even knew to contact you. Like, oh, you know, that oh, you kept...
2: we visited them. That's so cool. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. So and one of our trips, taking a bunch of feral cats to um, pigs, which is a
1: rescue. I was like, oh, yeah. what do you do with Yeah, pigs? yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a rescue in,
2: in West Virginia. Who had a big place for feral cats and we transported I don't know maybe 75 to 100 cats wow. and so going there on one of our trips we stopped in Warrington <laughs> and visited O'Reilly oh, wow. at the flower shop yeah. <laughs> and he lived his best life that um, so cool. and that flower shop was in a Clint Eastwood movie about 8 years ago Oh. They rented it from her, and um, she said there was a picture of O'Reilly sitting in oh, it, <laughs> right in the window. That's but, so cool. Yeah, he was he was a great cat. He was one of the exotic shorthairs.
1: We need now the we need to like
2: tag the flower show. <laughs> yeah, and, and he he lived a wonderful life. And she told me she said she received more flowers oh. than when her mother died that oh when O'Reilly gosh. died from the community. Because, because he was in the in flower and shop and people knew him. He was famous. <laughs> and she would put him in one of those cat strollers and go up and down. And she said, people would come in just to see him. No. Oh, Teresa, we're not here to see you. We're here to see O'Reilly. He lived a wonderful life.
1: <laughs> so cool.
2: And at the same, around the same time, a lady um, adopted two of the flat faces, as I call them, <laughs> and one, and his name was O'Reilly also, that was a favorite name of ours, <laughs> <laughs> and he just passed away last month, 18, oh, 18, that's, 18. that's
1: amazing, Crazy. especially for some purebred cats, like for that yeah. breed
2: of cat, mm-hmm. that is phenomenal, and she still has the sister, one of that one, but, um, so, we have had really a lot of good community care and involvement and people who have sent us pictures, kind of like you all do, you know, that come back and say, you know, I got my cat from you 15 years ago. And do you remember Sylvester or that black and white? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, but, you know, you, you always act like, yeah. Or or you're at a store. Oh, Marilyn, do you remember so-and-so? You know, and they show you 85.
0: 85- oh, well, yes.
2: I do remember that one. It's an
0: orange tabby, remember? <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh until you said orange tabby. Yeah, right. <laughs> because there's been over 7,000. I was going to say,
0: I, I can't even imagine. Do do you have any, like, ballpark numbers in your head? Like, I know you said in the beginning you guys were doing over 500, like... Adoptions. Yeah.
2: So, um, the trap, neuter, return. I, I'm i sure it's... Someone has the stats somewhere, but it's thousands and thousands and yeah. thousands. Um, and, you know, you... We kept up early days and then, you know, became just everyday life. Yeah, yeah. uh, survive this. Right, right. (laughs) Although I will tell you, Pam keeps a journal and has every day documented. Oh, nice. Yes, for all. 22 years. Oh, my gosh. Right. so so awesome. So if we, and we have a database that Joanne keeps up with, and she gives us a disc every year um, with all of the information on it, with every picture of every cat oh, oh that gosh, has ever so come cool through out. the rescue, be it through, you know, now we don't take pictures of all the trap new to return, but right. the clinics, early days, we have all of those yeah. pictures, but every cat that has come through our rescue, we have their picture.
0: That that is yeah.
2: so, so when someone says, I adopted this cat 12 years ago, I want to return it, even if it's been unfortunately gifted to someone else, we can find it. Yeah. But and now with the um, microchips like, yeah, yeah, that now you, guys you guys keep up with, yeah. you know, um, we've had cats come back to us from other states and other counties that got thrown away, yeah. and they get scanned, and we go get them. Wow. Well, that's
0: wild. I, yeah, you, I mean, we've, I've... We see your account here. We've even <laughs> had to get creative this year because it, your many accounts here. Yeah, so now you have. We'll have an annual account with you guys to keep track of all of your the fosters that come through Saving Graces because I I know that we had so many cats mm-hmm. on that list. Um, so I guess moving forward, um, one of one of the big things that we hope that we can help give back to saving graces or like what are what are some ways that if if people in our community or even listeners wherever they may be want to help give back to saving graces and and help you guys continue to do the amazing work that you do what are what are some ways that you guys what are some ways that they could do that what's what would help i think that just stop (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah
2: um fostering That is the biggest need we have. Opening up your home to another animal, it's hard, you know, because people have their own pets, people get attached. You know, (laughs) I I get the one comment that is said to me over and over again, which is hard for me to process, and I I probably don't always respond very well when they say this to me, I don't know how you do what you do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I always internally go, "I don't know how you don't do what well, you yeah. right." <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. how do you not? You know, oh, it would hurt me too much. It, it does hurt. Yeah, you know, each and every time. But how do you not? Yeah, give. You know, and so people giving up their time and their homes to allow that cat or kitten to have a safe place we can find them a home that is the biggest need we have yeah so you know money yes money is you know the core of of all of it you need the money we are really fortunate and we always have been people support us we have always had that community support um we didn't talk about it but i want to throw it in there that when we started saving graces did it with a donation from my parents. $300. $300. That was it. And started that this. Is huge. Yes. wild. Yes. And so from there, you know, then we did fundraising and, you know, we were never really good at that. That, <laughs> that you know, we were not more marketeers like yourself (laughs) Um, you know we were four old ladies you know out there just trying to save a cat here and there and then the money you know we always met our needs and you know for those who know me i am an accountant you would think i would have a great budget (laughs) set up for saving graces and you know manage it every month we actually, I do the taxes, and every year, it always amazes me. I add up all the expenses, a lot of them from here. <laughs> and the money that came in, and it is often like within $50. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is wild. It that is. It is. I mean,
2: and I'd like to say, oh, it's because we're so great with you know budgeting. and <laughs>
1: No, it just happens. It
2: does. Yeah. Because anytime we have a need, Joanne goes to Facebook, and we only ask if we truly need it. And within 24 hours, no matter what the number is,
1: you guys are meeting it. Yeah, Yeah. you guys have amazing followers. Even just watching the interactions online and things, like people truly care about this. Well, and
0: I think even it's it's so cool. I, when did you guys? It's been within the last few months, but I know maybe it was close to Christmas that you guys had a sponsor that was when you have maybe these long-term fosters, the ones that have been with you guys for a little while, and you have these sponsors that will come out and cover oh, like the, the cost oh, like of adoption op- yeah, and, like, the... the yeah, yeah, it's just, it is wild the amount of support that you guys have.
2: Yeah, I can't remember. It was recently. We had some... something that was a, a, a phenomenal amount of money and one person sent us a message through Facebook and said... I cover it all. That
0: is so sweet. Yeah. And
2: people send us checks. We don't know who they are from other states. Yeah. Yeah. We just, you know, we we love your rescue. We love what you do, you know, and send us yeah. donations to continue the support. Yeah. And, and we do have long-term rescues mm-hmm. that live in what we call our cat house. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had Our 18-year-old, longest-termed cat, passed away two years ago, um, and she lived her entire life there. And it was because she was semi-feral when she came in, and one of our earlier volunteers who has since passed away adopted her, but then learned she had cancer. The, the, The lady had cancer. And she asked me, she made me promise her that nothing would happen to Augusta, no. and it didn't, yeah. so she lived her life there, and <laughs> um, and then we had two recent long timers with us that passed away, um, Baxter and Bernie, you all know them, no? yeah. uh, they were a lot of dental care, and um, yep. <laughs> we trapped them out of the drainage ditch at Chick-fil-A on Evan Street. 15 years ago and they just were never adopted yeah although they were fairly you know nice cats they just didn't show well they didn't get adopted and then once they had lived there so long it became their home yeah,
0: yeah. so I think that's the nice thing about fosters and that's the importance of fosters is they actually get to see these cats flourish in a home and they're not yeah. in like a
1: like a cat, yeah, yeah. In, like in a cage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and easier to match with a home. Mm-hmm. Like this is their quirks. This is their personality. This is what they they've see been the, around
2: children.
0: Yeah, they've
1: yeah. been around dogs. dogs. They've other, been around other cats. They, well,
2: yeah. And, and often, you know, they settle in. I'll tell people now when you take them home, put them in a room by themselves do a slow introduction. You know, because they're going to be scared. You know, know, and your resident animals may not be as happy as you are with your decision. Then I get a picture that night with the cat (laughs) laying on the sofa with the dog.
3: Okay. Right, oh, it's so they like listen eating eating just as long as <laughs> know, <laughs> hard food. I'm right? right, You know, so oh, up, right, I know,
2: but
0: you know, you go through all that
2: now, it's it's not probably not going to work out, you know, yeah. initially. And oh, look, you know, 20 <laughs> pictures, I <I'm> was like, okay,
0: <laughs> insert foot and in mouth, I got it, it's fine, well, you know.
2: And then you have ones, you know, three months later, they're still it's not, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it depends on the. The environment, you know, the cat, the resident cats or dogs or kids.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, you
2: know,
0: yeah.
1: It's so it's so cool though. And you you mentioned earlier before we were actually recording about how it's easy to dwell on the negative yes. things, so that like hurts the most. But then all of the other the, the positive stories, like they're there. It's just we we tend to overlook them. Right. We
2: we internalize those negative you know the ones that just hurt so much and the disappointments but then for all of those there's three and four really really positive ones and I think you said which when you said I thought that's right because that's what you think should be the normal
1: right yeah like what we see as positive we just truly believe as people that are in this industry that that should be how a is cared for or how we should open our homes or we should do whatever it needs needs to be done and so it it just is like not hitting our expectation and maybe we just have really high expectations but that to us is how this pet deserves to live
2: right and um you may have to cut this part out but (laughs) now we will not (laughs) one of the negatives you know that you know and they do resonate with you and they stay with you so When we have people that are in the older, like myself, you know, you check on there, I'm 60 and older or 70 and older. And, you know, because you truly don't want to place an animal with someone that they're going to lose their own.
1: Right. And
2: so we try to be careful. So one of the cases that kind of really hits me hard is... A daughter signed the back of the contract saying if anything happens to my mother because she was 80 at the time and we didn't feel comfortable, but the lady signed, if anything happens to my mother, I will take the cat. Mm-hmm. Well she did. She took it straight to the pound. Yeah. Mm. And we got called and I knew this person. And instead of coming to us and saying she dumped the cat at the pound. So those types of things, yes, I will take it. She just didn't tell us where. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. those those types of things really really yeah. get you. Yeah, yeah. Um because you trust people mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. And she had no intention of taking that cat. Yeah. And the mother loved the cat.
1: And we see the all the other side of people that are losing their older pets they're older and they're like now I know this is my last pet and it's it's sad to think that you know and it's I think it's so good that you guys have a way of kind of matching like okay well we have these older pets right. too yeah. and that need homes and to maybe find something that works just better for their life instead of like an eight-week-old kitten that's yeah. <laughs> right that's
2: hanging off the curtains and, <laughs> and the person you yeah. know yeah can't handle it but you know having a plan for that pet, you know.
1: At could, any age, because right, we don't know
2: what can right. happen anytime. It could happen, but, you know, having a plan mm-hmm. and, you know, making sure that that plan is documented so mm-hmm. that the pets are taken care of. And so, you know, we ask the question and, you know, people, oh, yeah, sure, I've got a plan. But, you know, it is a lot to think about because caring for the pet, making sure that the the money's there to get yeah. the care for the pets so you know people's lives change we understand that but those animals deserve better than being taken to the pound Yeah, yeah. and so that's why we do offer the courtesy listing on our website
1: oh it, yeah that's really I going to touch w. on that so yeah. I'm glad that you
0: you're, you're bringing that up because I think that that's that is one more amazing thing yeah that you guys are offering to the community is that you may not have the space to foster a cat or to take another cat in but you use your resources in the way that you adopt out your cats to kind of show that
2: and i think we've been 100 percent
0: successful that's awesome yeah
2: now again we don't know what happens after that but we get a lot of people you know that come to us we need you know, to get these, these cats adopted, we can't take them, but we can offer you this service and we give them, you know, we tell them, don't give away the cat, charge something yeah, so that, you know, there's skin in the game. Um, and we all know there's people out there that don't always do good things with cats and, you know, we give them our application, ask these questions. You know, meet the people, don't just do everything online, have a conversation, make sure that this is where you would want this pet to end up. Yeah, yeah. And so we get people come back, thank you so much, it, you know, looked awesome. out. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, just like in our own rescue, we have returns. But um, I think it's a great vehicle for people to use. That otherwise would not have the exposure yeah. that the Saving Graces website can give you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think just to circle back around, you said one of the biggest needs of Saving Graces right now is fosters. Yes. How would one, if if, if we have people that are interested in potentially fostering with you guys, what would they need to do?
2: Well, contact us through our website, um, through our Facebook page and we do have an uh, application for foster parents. And, you know, we train. We do training. We set you up with the supplies. We give you all the food, litter. We don't ask that you have anything financially involved except for your, the care in your, your house, which yeah. is, is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all of the interviews. We don't put that on our foster parents to have to oh
0: with like an adoptee like potential adopters we don't
2: we don't put that on them because that puts them in a a bad situation um we do all of that and then ask them to meet the adopters Mm -hmm. and so it works out really well now you can have the cat for an unspecified amount of time we don't know you know, sometimes we place a kitten and say, oh, they'll they'll be gone, you know, in a week or two. And it might take two or three months. Yeah. Just because we're picky.
0: Yeah. And so,
2: you know, and we don't always say yes to people who apply, but fostering is probably the biggest gift you could give to any rescue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, money is important. Supplies, you know, are important. But having a place for that animal to go is probably the first and foremost on our list.
0: Yeah. And just to get them used to being in somebody's house and to experiencing that love of a home, I think is really important in a foster. So that's awesome.
2: And it's really a really good teaching tool for children.
0: Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So <laughs> I have a lot of fosters that their children get very, very involved and, oh, and caring and you know they um, they enjoy that experience.
0: Yeah,
2: and it it's hard, you know, when you have to let that cat or kitten go. But that's also a good experience for mm-hmm. for the children. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
1: Anything that I forgot? Anything else you want to add or talk about? That's
2: oh, I could talk cats all day.
1: But
0: um- <laughs> I just want to know did I, now. This is just me being nosy. Uh, so, I, I don't know that you said it when you started talking about the four ladies that started Saving Graces, but two of those ladies are your sisters, right? No. No? No. What? So... <laughs> blew my mind. I just knew it was you and your two sisters. No, uh,
2: my older sister, Pam. Uh-huh. Joanne uh-huh. and Anne Garland. Really? Yeah. hmm The four of us, we were at another rescue and um, decided that we wanted to do this we did know what we were doing obviously and here we are 22 years later and still really not knowing (laughs) Pam says it best Pam says it's like being in the mafia once you're in you can't get out (laughs) Uh,
1: we have tried
2: many times but then there's this little voice and she's called Bobby Parsons that sits here um and tells me, you can't quit. Uh, Bobby would take our cats on WITN every Friday. Uh So every Thursday, I would go to Bobby's house (laughs) with a cat, and we'd sit and talk for 30, 40 minutes, and, you know, I would tell her the woes of, you know, we're tired, and, you know, it's just so discouraging, and we're depressed, and, you know, we just want out. You can't thanks, friend. Right? Yeah, you you can't, Marilyn. You, you have to keep going. Yeah. And you know, everybody knows Bobby Parsons and what she's done for this community. Oh, and yeah. you know, she would guilt me into it. You know, you can't. You know, suck it up. Too bad. You know?
0: And you've so, already proven you can do it. So now you just got to keep well, doing it. You know, and
2: and she was in it for always the the right reasons. Yes. Never for any accolades of you know you're doing great work that was never you know even when she got treated so badly she just kept going yeah you know one night I went over there and she was scraped from head to toe she was you know well into her late 80s still going to Petco and PetSmart and showing the dogs and a dog had drug her down the sidewalk you know but It's okay. (laughs) My bad. I tripped. (laughs) Right. You didn't mean it. (laughs) Exactly. She, you know, she was just, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And so we talk about it every year. You know, our anniversary is January 14th. And every year we go, okay, this is it. And um, one year the deal was when we ran out of our spay-neuter contracts. Uh Because we buy them in 500, (laughs) bulk of 500. So we got down and we had two or three left. And I said,
1: This is it. Yay, we're out. Finish line in sight. Yeah, and
2: Pam said, No, I, I don't think, I, I don't feel right about it. So <laughs> 500, 500 more. 500, yeah, 500 more. Thanks, Pam. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, this is a fun fact. We used carbon paper, and you two probably don't know what it
0: is. Like I like do. The, the pink and yellow copies. Yeah, like the did black. Right? And yeah.
2: So, because we couldn't afford buy the ones where you, you know, write through from the fancy printing shop, we printed our own two pages, bought the carbon paper oh, yeah. from Staples and would use that to make, it, so we would have a copy and the adopter would have a copy <laughs> uh-huh. until they stopped selling carbon paper. Oh. And so then we had to notch it up and go to the printer and get the fancy ones. But yeah, <laughs> early days, carbon paper. Carbon paper. Because yeah, Pam's very frugal and, you know, would not allow us to even, we had to turn it over and use the, the other, other side <laughs> when
1: we would wear just that. Just it down a little I'm bit because right. that one got worn. Right. You can do it. You can
2: keep going. But, I mean, it was, yeah.
1: It was, I'm just envisioning this one with, like, holes in
2: it. it just keep going. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, she still, to this day, if the cleaning brush for the litter boxes still has bristles on it,
1: we're not allowed to get a new one. (laughs) Just keep turning it, you're fine. Yeah.
2: But that's another fun fact about us. We have never had a paid person. That's in our bylaws. Yeah, all of our funds go to the direct care of the cats. We did not allow it from day one didn't want it to be that type of environment and so we have never paid anybody
0: so everybody's just doing this just just for the love of it exactly because
2: that was an important part of it to do it for the animals i was looking the other day um at our credit card bill and it's a thousand dollars to chewy.com every month (laughs) you know because we we give the food to the Fosters, you yeah, know, we yeah, have the, yeah. the resident cats, and and we also give food to people that need food for their pets. Um, yeah. We do a lot of feral feeding. Um, oh, we might could segue into that too. Um, I know he'll cut this part out, but so he might, he might not. So, in the, <laughs> so one of the things we did, and it was a learning tool for us it ended up being not a great thing, but one of our original people, I was just say it was Pam, bought a farm mm-hmm. and we had this envision that we would take the feral cats. In. Yeah. So we had a building made which, you know, for them to go in and outdoors with lofts and yeah. you know, we were so excited. Now we've got it. Yeah. There was a little pond there, Um, it was just going to be the greatest thing, and we learned that there were two-legged predators and the four-legged predators, Mm -hmm. and so that did not end up working well for us. There are still cats there that have been there for many, many years, but many we didn't know what happened to. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. some we did know what happened to, and so... That was another one of the learning curves for us in the trap neuter return. Yeah,
1: yep. like trying to find a safer place because where they came from. Like sometimes you didn't want to return them there. Well, <laughs> especially if it's like in the middle of the road or in a right. by dumpsters by fast food places. Or I feel like there's a lot of cats just scavenging for food. But then it's like you want to just release this new. Or lease you're not food. allowed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah.
2: As we know with the Greenville City Police. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, a lot of rules came into play that I think are getting lessened, but um that we learned yeah. kind of in a in a tough way. We thought it was the answer and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And early days we didn't this is another fun fact. <laughs> we didn't I didn't know about traps. Okay. So I would lay in the weeds and grab the feral <laughs> cats with my <myself. laughs>
1: This seems so safe. As we know, feral cats are super fun to handle. Oh, yeah. They really like to be grabbed unsuspectingly uh-huh. and that, that is no lie. Oh,
2: God. Yeah, 38 cats in and lots of antibiotics for Marilyn. Oh, yeah, I was going
3: to say. <laughs>
0: we learned, oh, they're safe traps. <laughs> that don't require your hands yes. to be so on cats. We were at a,
2: a, they're not there anymore. It was called Village Green Apartments, and they had an overrun of cats. And I would literally stick my hand in the vents and just pull cats out. Oh my God. Cats. Yeah, and we would lay in the ravine. And, um, you know,
1: Patty. <laughs> I need video. Yeah, like,
2: you know, <laughs> Patty Allison, you remember her? Or maybe she and I would go out trapping.
1: But we didn't have traps. Yeah, you were the traps. <laughs> right. Just imagine
0: them in, like, full-blown yes, camo, camo, like,
1: face-painted, like, hiding one, like, in the... like, standing like this, yeah. the other one, like, making the animal run, and then... You know, we had them. nets. <laughs> really? We had the nets.
2: Oh, oh my God. The gosh. ones, you know, like, the fishing Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. And then we bought off the <laughs> feral cat rescue, the one that you lasso and throw. <laughs> we were not very good at that, to say. <laughs> but, um... Uh, <laughs> This is true. These this is amazing. Wee, yeah, 38 cats in. Someone said, well, you know they make traps. Oh, no, I didn't. I'm
0: so <laughs> glad we sat down yeah, with you because I did not know half of this stuff. <laughs> yes.
2: Fridays and Saturday nights. What are you doing? What a Do wild Friday. weekend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, going catting tonight. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Oh my God, that's so good. And here you are, thousands and thousands of cats later. Right. That you've helped in the community.
2: Right, and then the one that probably shouldn't tell, I won't say who did it, but a veterinarian gave us the drug to knock them down. Oh. And a needle getting close to a feral cat because we could not catch this mother cat who had tons and tons of kittens. Well, we... Jabbed the cat, got close enough, then it ran. And so we're tracking it. And I'm going one way.
3: Out? Well,
2: Patty's going the other way, and we look, and we see, and it goes down in these rock beds because it's down near, I don't know if you know where the green... Street Park, the river. The Greenway? Yeah, yeah. So we're down there, and I go and I look in these rocks like this, and there's these two big eyes looking back at me, and I think it's like a, a wolf or something, but <laughs> we run, but we finally did get the cat and, and got her to the clinic, but, um, oh my
1: gosh. so, yeah, those are... The wild days. Yes. The wild, wild west. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now there are much better ways to handle these cats. But right. Well, we didn't know. Did yeah, we? no. Yeah. So, no, that's, you know.
0: that's hilarious. It's awesome. I, yeah, that's awesome. Hand
2: wrangling.
1: Yeah, that's when you know you're committed it's to this relax. purpose. Like, like, this mission yeah, is in your heart. Yeah. Oh,
0: I believe it.
2: With our own cats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, if they ever see a net, they're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. it's Mom's practice, in the mood uh, again.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, you know,
2: it worked at early yeah. days and then there were easier ways. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that Perfect. was oh. fun facts.
0: I love yeah. it. These are my favorite facts about saving racism. They're logged now. I'm yeah. never going to forget these. Um, but no, we're, I'm, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us and letting us learn a little bit about what you guys do. I. It's always mind blowing when I feel like we, we get the gist of what you're doing and then just there's so much more there's so much more to yeah. it so yeah,
2: well, thank you i appreciate the opportunity and i had forgotten some of these fun facts
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> take a trip down memory lane yeah. yeah that's cool awesome well i'm sure that we'll be leaning on you again in the future to talk about some things with she Aunt. really likes podcasts she really wants to be a yeah, guest I'm, I'm gonna start times, my clearly. own
2: accounting
0: podcast
2: <laughs> There's such opportunities.
0: Accounting with Marilyn 101. <laughs> I can't wait. Cats and cash. Yeah, it was cats. Yeah, like,
1: there's cats just all, all over. They're part of the accounting. You have a lot. You have plenty we, that work for you.
2: I did have two yeah. interns. Yeah, yeah. I love that one, interns. one
0: might
1: be our fault.
2: Yes. He's not an intern
1: anymore. No, no he's an He's, he's full.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He, he rebranded my company to ABS and Sons, <laughs> because he and my other son were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, he did show up on a, um, I was doing a Zoom with a potential client, and here comes Rocky, and he sits right there, and, and the guy's kind of like, uh, I said, yes,
1: he's an intern. Yeah. he's just trying to, you know, gauge whether this is going to be a good deal or not, we're fit for yeah. my mom or not.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, like I said, we'll be. Well, I'm sure we'll have you on future episodes. So, don't see. think we're. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just don't tell Pam what we're doing, because then we can trick her into coming on.
2: Oh, I'm pretty sure that's not going <laughs> to. Oh, but uh, one thing—if you could get this in there—the Rotary here in Greenville uh, wrote a grant for us, and just recently um, gave it to us. Nice. They gave us eight of those fancy traps that's so handy. Oh, yeah! And um, and thirty-two spay/neuter vouchers. Oh, nice. wow! that's awesome! Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really nice of them. So they wanted to do something for us and reached out and said. You know what can we do we want to write a grant we're like great and they got it
0: yeah that's so cool so it was really nice that is that's awesome okay yeah, yeah. we've got an awesome community we do a lot they of
2: people don't. do things in the background that you, you they don't speak of you right. don't know it's happening and um it's, it's just kind of cool
0: you're not doing it for the acknowledgement nope you're just doing it for
2: the
3: good of it right perfect all right thank you thank ladies you, thank
0: you so,